Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We're sponsored by Lalo Tactical, L-A-L-O dot com. Use the code Maximus50 for 50% off. And we're sponsored by 10,000, 10,000.cc. Use the code Maximus15 uh, for a discount on your clothes. We are super excited to have Joe DeFranco on the show, uh, one of the best trainers in the world and a guy that uh, Joe and I have talked regularly, uh, Joe Sabula and I, of course, uh, about Joe DeFranco and a guy that we really look up to and a leader in the industry. So welcome, Mr. Franco. Thank you, brother. I, I appreciate that intro. And likewise, right back at you, the, the respect is definitely mutual and I'm, I'm excited to be talking with you guys. All right. So I want to I want to start with something important. I am pissed at you. Um, oh. Not going to lie. Uh, I did your podcast in like 2011 or something like that. And, <laughs> and you, you promised me at the time that you were going to talk to Triple H will get me a WWE contract and despite my handsomeness, <laughs> my history in the UFC, my beastly performance with the weights or the numerous salacious selfies I post, I've got nothing. What What's going on, Joe? It's a tough industry, bro. You know, it's it's uh, these there times are hard right now on top of it. I don't even know. You, I don't know if you've been following the product, but uh, they're doing these empty arena shows. And it's uh, I don't know if now would be the time. I know you like your uh, the crowd reaction and the the pop of the crowd those, those guys are working without that right now so it's tough so maybe we'll we'll revisit it when when things get back to normal again listen we we were watching wrestlemania and we saw a gym fight between randy orton and edge i'm built for that i can fight anywhere <laughs> in any functional gym in america my man that is um, on on a serious note uh because obviously wwe's suffering a little bit because of covid football suffering i know you're a big football fan uh and, and have a huge football back how are you doing with the COVID stuff? Like, is it affecting your business? Or are you just chugging along as normal? What's going on with you? I'm still, I'm, I'm chugging along. It's listen, I think we've all been affected. Definitely. Uh, thankfully my business, especially the last year or two, we 
have been doing more online stuff. So my our certification, we last year we developed an online portion of the certification, which was a huge help because obviously we've had to uh, cancel all the in-person courses. We've had to cancel three already, which has been a pretty big hit. But thank uh, you know a bad get, getting hit hard with that, not not in a good way. Um, so, but we were able to get about you know 80 percent of those people just transition them to the online course. And then we told them when things pick back up, they could attend any course in person they want. So that's, that saved us a little bit. I have um, my DeFranco Insider is a membership website where we do some premium content and uh, like more access to Smitty and I, my partner in that we do live Q and A's and stuff. So thankfully I still have some income coming in, but you know, I have this small private gym that I'm still training people out of and uh, that we had to shut down like most other gyms and uh you know so that certainly hasn't hasn't helped i'm i'm itching to get back in and i you know tra- i've been doing i just that's why i was late here i was doing a facetime workout with stephanie mcmahon so i'm still able to train uh clients but it's it's not the same you know through facetime and zoom like it is being in person yeah i i, I wanted to ask you so a couple of things on that uh, you brought it up a couple of years ago a move to online why the initial move to online if, if you love working with people one-on-one is that just to spend more time with your family uh there's no scalability because you can't really scale a Joe DeFranco. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's what it was. It's a very, very fitting as you are there with your family. Like for me, I'm, I'm a family guy. And first and foremost, it was to spend more time with my family. Like I love the gym. And when I had kids, we had twins. So I, right off the bat, you know, we, we, I went from zero to having two kids, you know, around screaming twins around the house. So, uh, I, even though my gym was only 15 minutes, you know, away from the, from it's my house, I was missing a lot of stuff that was going on when they were younger. So I decided to start doing some more stuff online so I could reach more people without having to physically, you know, it's when you're training in person, you're only getting to affect the people that you see. So even if I would see, you know, 20, 30 athletes, athletes a day with the online stuff. It's cool because I could go on there and do something like this. We do a zoom chat. We do, uh, you know, uh, FaceTime with all of our members and maybe a hundred people jump on or a thousand people jump on. And it's a lot of coaches. So now I'm seeing, you know, if we could affect a hundred coaches, those hundred coaches might have a hundred clients of theirs that they're affecting. And now my training and just the information that you want to share is is being uh, you're, you're affecting more people than just the the people that could physically come to New Jersey and train with me in person. So that, that was really it, family, and to try to reach more people without just you know there's only 24 hours in the day. We could all just work so much. So uh, that that those were the big two reasons. So that's interesting. That uh, actually leads me to a question I've wanted to ask you for a while, Joe, because uh, I've got a bunch of different certifications, and um, I know that you've got your own, right? The CPPS, uh, yeah. and I've always just wanted to ask like why like what what did you think was missing in the certification process that you hope to bring with your own yeah yeah that's a great question and that I mean I had every certification under the sun I I tell a story when I first when I graduated college um, I had a degree in exercise science I graduated and then within five days
days of each other. I took my CSCS. I drove to Boston. Took That was two days. I took the CSCS and then drove straight to Connecticut and took my NASM advanced uh, trainer or whatever. I don't know if they do it different now, but it was a five-day course and then a test. Uh, I did those back-to-back days. So uh, in my in my experience at the time, I from what I read and what I heard, those were the, the two best certifications that I felt at the time. Then I started training people. I got a job at a gym and got my first client and realized like not here I was with these top certifications and a degree in exercise science. And the first client walks in and I pretty much had no idea what the hell to do. Right. Yeah. Like I had the workout all planned out, all these things I learned at the certs. And then I think the kid walked in and uh, he, he was a soccer player, a, a kicker and a, a soccer player. And he, compl- I think the first, I think I tried to have him do like body weight squats in the warm up, And it looked as we know, like most people look like when they squat, it was atrocious. The kid couldn't even do a body weight squat. He complained how his knee was bothering him. He just injured his knee. And I'm like, oh my God, everything that I planned, like I have to think on the fly. And now I don't know what the hell to do with this kid. And it was like, that happened with almost every single client for the next, you know, who, who knows how many number of years. And I just used to always say, I wish there was a certification that instead of just like throwing out information and memorizing stuff in a textbook, they taught you how to be a better coach, like how to think on your feet, how to problem solve, how to troubleshoot. You know, there's something that would actually help you when you go into the gym that next day, you're a better coach and you could help your clients. And uh, that's really what it stemmed from. I had every certification, all the education, but I didn't feel like that helped me in the real world. So we basically, over the course of about seven years, we Mm -hmm. took all of the, the problems that we saw between Smitty and I, we had, I think almost every certification there was. And we just said, what's, what's the problem, you know, with each one, what would we like to see when we were 21 and we were, we were, if we were going to do it all over again, what would have helped us get more out of those certs? And we just kind of put that all together and came up with a curriculum for it over, over a number of years. And now, now it's our eighth year of of having the cert. Mm -hmm. It's been very successful. Yeah. that And that, that actually speaks to, to my experience as well, because, uh, when, when I was a young coach, like I, I felt like I needed to be validated. And so like, yeah. I have to go get, I have to go get some kind of certification just so that people can say like, are you qualified to do this? And despite my experience, now I have something on paper with my name and somebody's signature and what have you, but going through, so I had a, I was heavily involved in CrossFit. I owned a gym for about 10 years and doing the uh, CrossFit certifications, like the weightlift, powerlifting, the gymnastics, uh, I was getting more out of those little weekend certifications than I was out of a textbook because yes. there was so much more hands-on. And so I, I kind of took the approach of like, you know, I'd rather get 50 of these weekend certifications than to invest all that time and money in a single piece of paper that I didn't feel like I got value out of. And then looking back, you know, 10 years into my career, the stuff that was in that textbook made a lot more sense. Yes. You know, but yeah, like you said, it's it's the the art of coaching is what was missing for me. So that's really interesting. Huge. I think there's there's definitely, you need, you know, you, you need to have a base level of anatomy, certainly, and, mm-hmm. and more than a base level knowledge of some biomechanics, but the art there, it's that combo of the science and the art. And I, and I think too many certs are, well, I, I don't know of many other, the, the art part is where there's not a lot of books out. There's not a lot of, you know, certifications. And I still think the best way it experience, experience to me trumps everything like that. You still need to go get in the gym, train yourself, train other people. That's how you will get better. 
I'm not saying in a weekend, our course is going to change the world, but it's going to make you way better uh, of yourself coaching clients and implement implementing the stuff that we taught. So we want to make sure we see that you could actually coach. Like, I don't care what you know on paper. I don't care if you could answer 50 multiple choice questions. I want to see the way you interact with other human beings and coach and troubleshoot. That's when we finally kind of give you your le- your letters. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, uh, I have a follow-up question to that, Joe. There's two extremes in the industry, if you will. There's guys who have a ton of certifications that are brilliant, and then there's guys with a lot of street credit. Yes. To drive that point home a little bit, I don't know what, what certification C.T. Fletcher has, but I'm going to listen to whatever that <laughs> fucking man tells me to do. Um, I don't know what certifications Robbie Robinson, I don't know if you know who that is, the Black Prince, has, but I'm, I'm a little guy. That so, is amazing. Because um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Triple H walks in my... You know what? I You bring it up, Triple H. That's I I always respected, got that call back in 2011. Uh, I was training a bunch of college kids and somebody, my the intern at the time is like, there, there's a guy, Paul Levesque, Levesque left the message for you. He said he's a pro wrestler, but I was like, I, I never heard of him. Like, I don't know who that is. Have, have put it on my desk. Maybe I'll get to that later. And Brandon uh, was a big wrestling fan and he was like, that's Triple H, man. You got to go, you got to go call that dude back right now. Like, we'll do the rest of the workout on our own. And, uh, but to your, I was wondering like, what the hell, why is he calling me? This is one of the most jacked, <laughs> you know, badass dudes in the world. But he was humble enough. You know, he started, he started to rack up a lot of injuries later in his career. And I, he started, he just had to, he tore his bicep, had shoulder surgery. He obviously, I, I got to start training a little bit more like an athlete, start working a little bit more on some mobility, like the bodybuilder stuff got me so far. But now in my forties, I'm tearing myself apart. And he was humble enough to do a little research and say, I'm clearly, he knows how to train, but in that world of more what you, you know, people might call functional, that wasn't his forte. So he went and, and found someone who he felt knew a little bit more than he did uh, in that area. But I always thought that was pretty cool. Not just because he called me, but someone at his level to, to have that humility to be like, Hey, I need some help. Uh, Cause it was a little weird. Like the first time I walked into his house, I'm like, you're asking me what you should do. You're 10 times more jacked than me more. You know, it's like you're bigger, stronger, more intimidating looking. But I just think it speaks a lot about the person that he is. I love it. Do you ever, do you ever fuck with him and troll him? Like every time he comes in the gym, you play motorhead music <laughs> no, I think he, for his like, he said he is, or like, <laughs> he's gotten that so much. Uh, it's funny. Like, so I, I, I leave that alone. He, he, he's, he's the guy he's in charge of the music when we train, even though I'm coming up with the workouts, it's, uh, it's his house, his music. So he gets, he's got the music. Fair enough. Rights. Now, now the other thing I want to talk about with that too, is the, the dedication there. Cause he's doing midnight workouts. Is he not him and his wife? Yes. Yeah, we just recently changed the last two months, but the first 10 years I trained them literally at midnight. Okay. So one thing I've always wondered about that, Joe, I'm, and I can't imagine you're any different, but Joe and I are huge on sleep. We're huge on lifestyle 
we're huge on nutrition, training at midnight. Have you ever broached the talk with them about like, hey, maybe we should ease up on our schedule, try to get eight hours a night? Like, is that something you do or do you just kind of leave it alone and let yeah, them run I mean, your we, show? I've, I've talked about it, but then once you know them and you're kind of behind the scenes, it's just, they they and they are the exception to the rule because I agree with you 100%. Like, you know, there's nothing more important than sleep and, uh, you know, nutrition, I will say this, nutrition, they are on point. They're, that's, they basically, they're, when I see what they do, it's, it's just, you, it's, you can't fathom how busy they are. I'm talking from six in the morning until midnight, you know, they're running him and Triple H and Steph besides Vince, like they're, they're the, the top dogs in that company. So it's, you know, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar company. That's pretty much, they're the, the they're the two figureheads of, uh, so they literally don't have any time to train. Like when people say that, oh, I'm too far. And for them, it's, we train at midnight or we don't train at all. And they, they, they know it. Like they know that it would be healthier if they got more sleep, but it's the schedule, the life that they're in, that they've chosen the boss, the big boss, man, that's the problem. When Vince McMahon is your boss and he's 74 and he only sleeps three to four hours a night, it's tough to tell him, you know, you want to come into work a little later, you know, you, cause you need to go to bed a little bit earlier because he's a freak of nature. He doesn't believe in sickness. He doesn't believe in sick days. He doesn't believe in, you know, not taking days off the dudes. He's a savage. And, uh, and Paul and Steph are the two hardest working people that I have ever met. So they just said, we're going to do everything else right. Our nutrition is going to be on point. We're going to hire a trainer. You know, obviously every one of their workouts, I'm not just trying to kick the shit out of them. Like they will do anything and they work their butts off, but I scale the workouts, you know, based on their schedule. If I see Paul, you know, was traveling all week and his flight got in at five in the morning and he took a 30 minute nap and then worked an 18 hour day. And then I'm showing up at their house at 11 o'clock at night to train. I might not tell him this, but I'm scaling that workout back a little bit. So, uh, you know, seeing that he's just a little bit fried. And, uh, so that's kind of where my job comes in, but yeah, they know, they realize it's not the health healthiest thing, but you know, they're the 1% of the 1% that the travel schedule and they're in charge and just responsible for so many people. The only free time that they have is to train when they get home from work and they get home about nine o'clock, put their kids to bed, grab something to eat. And by the time we start training, it's a, it's a, yeah, I was going to ask you, how you, how do you sell that to your athletes though? Because one of the things that I've always said is I'm in the business of adjusting people's expectations. And so do you ever have to have a talk with athletes like that? Like, Hey, you can keep running your schedule, but you're not going to get better at this point unless you're like, you just give them the blunt truth and honesty, or do you go more of the trickery road? I, that's great. I, I've done both. I've done both depending on the athlete and the, the individual and their personality. Some tricking works a little bit better to your point. And anyone who's worked with athletes or clients knows that. Um, and then some, it's just straight, straight honesty. And it's funny because you, know, you bring up the, talking about Triple H and Steph to me, I guess, cause I know them, I realize like, and they've said it a bunch, but I guess people don't catch it. They just see the midnight workout thing. And I've had my pro athletes be like, is it, should I be training at midnight? Like, is that better? <laughs> why, why are they training at that time? And I'm like, no, they, they would rather not trust me, but it's for them. It's either don't train at all, which 
I feel would be more unhealthy than training at night. And I do the best I can designing the workouts to, to not completely fry them, fry them out. So, but no, that's not the best thing. It's actually, you know, detrimental. The reason why they're able to get the results they get is because they do everything else right. But I think they would both tell you the, the stress in their life from running that type of business and the sleep schedule is certainly two things that, that are not optimal. So when people ask, like if an athlete asks me saying, no, emulate their work ethic, emulate every other, other thing about them. Don't emulate their, their sleep. Like that, that's one thing. No college kid I train or pro athlete is even a quarter of, you know, is as busy as those guys are. So they have no reason to not get, get those eight hours of sleep. Well, I was, I was bringing that up because I was reading an article. I don't know if you saw this, Jeff Bezos. He's the guy that, that is the king of Amazon, the, yep. the Supreme Chancellor, the Emperor Palpatine of the Amazon Empire. And he was talking to the business um, advisor, how the business insider, that he gets eight hours sleep every night and he will not make business decisions past noon anymore. And I was like, holy shit, this is great because now I can take this guy who's worth $37 trillion or whatever <laughs> Amazon's worth these days. And now I can hit all my corporate clients with this because their guy has rearranged his life. And I'm hoping that that's something that translates down to the masses, although I don't know if it will, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. But the, it, you're right, though. That's sometimes you need that, like someone at that level, because so many people that are successful are busy and we've all done it. Like at some point, you know, now you talk about you, you've learned how important sleep is. I think most people learn after running themselves into the ground. Like I had that mentality my whole life too. Even before I met Triple H and Steph, it was, Hey, you know, I'm a business owner. I got a lot going on. I got a family. Like there are times where you have no choice, especially with like when we had twins, we didn't sleep for the first two years. You're not getting more than an hour or two of sleep a night. And then I think you always just start to trick yourself into thinking like, well, this is just how it's got to be in order to be successful, man. The whole, you know, grind, no days off, all the hashtags on Instagram, you start believing, but you, you really, you, it's, listen, I don't know, maybe uh, Paul and Steph and, and Vince McMahon are, are, aren't hum fully human because I still don't have the answer of how they've done it for this long, but I know your, your average humans need, or even not, not average, humans in general need sleep to perform optimally. So having a guy that is super busy and super successful, as successful as they come, say, listen, I'm not negotiating my sleep. I'm getting eight hours. I, I'm with you. I hope that that does trickle down and, and make other people that think they don't, they can't, you know, rearrange their schedule and they can't be successful if they don't work 20 hours a day. Maybe that will trickle down and it'll set a new norm. Well, I, I hope so because it shows people you could be worth $37 trillion and not work your life away. But he actually does it in a way that's not just, he's not saying he wants to rest. He says he functions yeah. better cognitively on eight hours sleep a night and not making decisions afternoon. And as the head of the ship, he needs to be in his mental strength all the time. So if shit hits the fan, he can deal with it. Um, so, so Triple H, they talk about your certification. They talk about all the people you've trained. Behind the scenes, what do you do to look after yourself? That's something I, I if I'm being completely honest and transparent, that's where I need the most work because um, being in the, I've been, I'm 44 now. I started professionally, you know, making a living training.
training people and paying my bills at 21. So for 23 years, my life has revolved around helping other people. You know, it's your, my day starts and ends and nonstop of in-person training, now FaceTime training and Zoom and text messages, nonstop of people asking questions about their own health and nutrition and fitness and strength, you know, so it's constantly worrying and, and thinking about others. And it's like that old, you know, the, 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 uh, what are they, that, the old expression, like the, the guy, the shoemaker that's got holes in his own shoes type of thing. I many times fall down that path where like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the well-known strength coach with all these great clients and working with all these pro athletes that has let myself and my own health go to shit many times because I'm just so engrossed in helping everyone else. And, uh, three years ago, I finally, my, I, like my, my body just shut down. Like I just felt like I need to make a change. I'm feeling like shit. I almost felt like I was living a lie. Like the, you know, the, the strength and conditioning guy that's always energetic and fired up and got all these clients and great clientele and gym and working with WWE and the NFL. But I would come home and I would, my wife would be like, who this freaking energetic, you know, motivational dude, you come home and you're like death. You freaking, you know, pass out on the couch. You, you, you're, you're, you have no energy. You're in a bad mood. Like you feel unhealthy. And so that's when I, I, I spoke to you about, um, about this, uh, whatever that was about a year ago, but previous to that, like finally the nutritionist that I've known for 20 years that I sent all my pro athletes to, I finally made an appointment, everything. And, uh, and actually I recorded it on my podcast. It was still what it's still, I think the most popular show, even with the triple H show. And the, the, the big one was my blood work. Cause it was awful. Like I was, I was like an unhealthy old dude. And I was like, it was, it was eye opening, man. But that really, but that was my kick in the ass to be like, listen, you got to start practicing what you preach. And to your point, exactly what you talked about with the sleep thing, it was, you know what you have to, just like you schedule all your clients, you, I now schedule my own workouts because for me training, as I'm sure you too is therapeutic. I'm not a big meditation guy, like to sit there. I know everyone says how beneficial it is. Uh, but for me, my meditation is to come in my basement or at the small private gym I have in East Rutherford and nobody in the gym and just train. Sometimes I like to crank the music up and get after it. Sometimes work out. And that's like my meditation. And I feel so much better when I do that, as we all know how beneficial training is. So I know it's probably you know a cliche, horrible answer, but that is one thing. Instead of me working out you know twice a week because I skip my own workouts because I overbook myself for everyone else, I now book my own training so that I make sure I get my workouts in throughout the week, uh, and that, that has been super beneficial for me. So and and that's just one of the you know one of the things I started doing. But cleaning up the nutrition was another big one. Uh, supplementing instead of just being a meathead and, and taking every supplement, you know, every pre-workout pump supplement and, you know, all that kind of crap. I supplement specifically based on my blood work. So wherever I was deficient, like my vitamin D was, was in the uh, teens, it was like 14 or 13. It was super low. My magnesium was horrible. My, my testosterone was, was in the shitter. It was like 198. So all the supplements are based 
on my blood work and and my deficiencies. And that has made a huge difference. And then my sleep, now that I don't have to train, Triple H and Steph now train early mornings because their schedule changed when they got the deal with Fox. I'm on a little bit more of a normal human schedule where I don't go to bed at four in the morning. Uh, people don't realize like when I train them at midnight, I live in New Jersey. I train them in Connecticut. They live two hours away. So we get done training at one in the morning. I would get home by AM and I have, I have young kids. So they're up at six. So I would get two hours sleep, get woken up, get another two. So that has changed. So the sleep, the supplementation based on my blood work and scheduling my own training. So I actually get my own program in those, those are the big three over the last uh, three years that have made a huge difference in my own health. All right. I, I, I like that. Self-care, we've covered training a little bit. One of the reasons that I partner with Joe Sabula is he has more certifications than anyone I know. So I can ask him shit. I can learn from him. I can go to him to ask him because Joe, these fucking people, they ask me questions about anatomy and muscles. I got no idea. I know how to lift weights, but... (laughs) Sometimes people ask me questions I don't know the answer to, so I go to Joe, and then he gives me the answer, and then I look smart. Who who do you go to? Like, who are your you're at the top of the industry? Who's one of your mentors? Who who are the people that you go to for help when you need it, or that you, you learn know, from? So it's, I think that is one. You know, now that we've like I said, I'm 44 years. So like we've been in this industry for a long time. So a, a cool thing for me is I'm I'm a phone call away, a text away from almost anyone in the world. Like all the top people that I look up to and, and respect and I read their articles, you know, I'm now, I've now become friends with a lot of those people. So, you know, they become colleagues. So, I mean, from like a guy like Jim Smith, Smitty, who I, who's my partner with the certification and the DeFranco insider, he was a guy that I just always thought was super innovative. I followed his stuff and then we met and became partners. So now, you know, I'm in contact with him every, you know, almost, every day. So if I don't know something, he's great with like more the, the rehab, prehab type stuff, mobility, uh, injury, any, any type of injury type stuff. Like he's a great guy that I could call on. Uh, one I'm very proud of is like you just mentioned about your Joe trained in high school through college, interned with me, became a trainer at my gym, then became the top trainer. Uh, he actually just took a job at the university of Indiana, um, a strength coach job. So literally a month ago, but for the last three, four years, I mean, he's gotten to a level that has exceeded mine with the, with the athletic preparation and the, the speed development and all the, all the, all the stuff that encompasses training athletes. He has just gone to another level. He speaks at Altus and speaks all over the world now. And, uh, it's cool that he was a kid that I kind of mentored. And then, you know, the, the student became, the teacher type of thing. Now, anything that I don't know, or I'm not up to date on, I call Cameron and it's like, boom, he's like my encyclopedia. So that's been a very cool thing for me to have like a a kid that I trained when he was in high school now become a go-to guy for me. Uh, And and I have a bunch of those in, like I said, you know, a lot of our colleagues, I'm sure we have mutual friends in different, everyone's got their kind of specialty. If it's a nutrition question, I'll go to this guy. If it's an athletic performance that go to Cameron if it's so you have a pretty pretty cool network right now that, that took 23 years to to develop but there's there's a bunch of people smarter than me in 
my phone right now that that I could access at any time, which I'm very, very proud of and I grateful like, I, for. I like that answer because it, it kind of reminds me of the dude from Pawn Stars of like, I got, <laughs> you know what I mean? So anytime I've had a, a, a client or a, a situation pop up in training, it like someone will pop into my mind. Like I'll be like, oh, yes. geez, I'm, you know what? I'm going to ask Bobby about that because I know he knows the answer. Or, you know, uh, uh, my buddy Ethan is really good with some of the like esoteric kettlebells and battle ropes and people ask me some obscure question. It's like that dude's face like just pops up in my mind. It's like, exactly. Guy. So you, you do, you collect your resources as you go along. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'm mo- I got a mobility question. I could, you know, call Kelly Storette. I got this, mm-hmm. I got, you know, it's, it's just cool. You have, it's so funny you say that. Cause that's exactly what happens. It's like, if I can't figure it out, somebody's face pops in my head. I go, Oh, I'll ask him or I'll ask her. It's, it takes a while to develop that network, but if you stick around long enough and you're not a complete dick, you know, you <laughs> have to help you out. You've got to be willing to ask the questions, right? <laughs> yes. Speaking, Joe, speaking of being complete dicks, uh, <laughs> it's, there's, there's some kids in the industry today, and, and I'm not speaking about anyone in particular because I'm, uh, I'm not into bad-mouthing anybody, but there seems to be in the strength and conditioning industry now, especially with the advent of Instagram everyone feels like they're entitled to something. They should be hired. They should get a sponsorship. They should get free stuff. I feel like guys our age, shit, I don't like saying that. We sound old. Um, But I feel like guys our age had to pay our dues. Like we had to clean the the fucking weight room. We had to clean the bathrooms. We had to do all the shit nobody wants to do. A bunch of young kids are coming up entitled. What kind of advice would you give them to get, to get in, to be successful? Yeah, they need, they need a, I, I, I was raised by an old school, you know, freaking my dad uh, was, uh, you know, military state trooper. Like, I just think I laugh because I'm thinking like those kids you talk about, I'm just, even though I'm 44, like the kid in me still is like, they need to get a beaten from my dad. Like I did when I was out of line and this world would be better. Right. I know you're not allowed to talk like that. We're supposed to be politically correct, but these kids need to get, there's nobody at home kicking the shit out of them and teaching them some respect. Like if I was disrespectful, Oh, like you just got the shit kicked out of you. And then you weren't disrespectful, you know, like in my household, man, respect was everything growing up. Like that's how I was brought up. And uh, it's just so engraved in my head before if we went for Easter dinner at my aunt's house during the drive, my dad would be telling me and my sister, you don't get out of line. You say, please, you say, thank you. If you don't, I'm beating the shit out of you. Like, and we just grew up up as respectful adults, you know, whether that was right or wrong, uh, you don't have that now. And I just feel like I would listen and I don't know what I would say to them because I don't know if, if there's anything you could say because everyone is doing it. Like there's, there's no, I guess the thing that bothers me the most in our profession, there's no barrier for entry. Like anyone could put in their Instagram bio online coach or professional trainer, celebrity trainer, like every, you could, you don't have, to do anything. You know, it's, it's, I wish there was, it, you should, if I was in, if I was freaking president, the, the first thing, forget about all the shit going on in the country. I would say, listen, in order to put fucking personal trainer in your Instagram bio, you need to actually train people in the real world and get results for at least five years. Like before you're Insta famous, if, if, if you grew up in East Bumblefuck, Idaho, I want you to be the best trainer in East Bumblefuck, Idaho, where everyone in your little one square mile knows you as the man and you've transformed people's bodies and lives for 
five years, now you could come online and charge for a program or be somebody's online coach. Like, show me you have some experience and you know what the hell you're doing. But now it's unfortunate if you if you have a phone and you could create an Instagram account, you're you're a coach, you're a professional trainer. You're and like I said, before they're doing anything, they like might look at guys like like us and say, Oh, I, I want to do what they do, or I want a sponsorship. And they're trying to get that at 21 before they've done shit. Like, what have you done to deserve a company to pay you to just wear their t-shirt or you know, take a video uh taking their supplement? Like, go do something first and, and then you build up that credibility. You know, you, you get some street cred, but uh, everyone's trying to skip the foundation and they just want to be insta-famous now. It's it's uh, hopefully we, we'll start weaning those people out. I, I hope that the the consumer, like the average Joe that's looking for workout information online, like I, I hope that guys like us could help educate them or at least if they see people that have experience and knowledge, like they could start telling the difference between, oh, there's someone who actually knows what the hell they're doing and their their advice is based on experience and results as opposed to the 23-year-old who's charging for freaking life coaching advice. It just it baffles me. And it makes me more mad that people are out there that fall, like as much as they, they suck, like those kids you're talking about, how about the people falling for it? Like how about the 40-year-old guy that's hiring the 23-year-old kid just because he has abs? Like what the fuck? Like what's wrong with them, you know? All right. So speaking of Instagram, you brought it up. You opened the door. I'm looking at your Instagram profile right now. We've got OG warehouse gym owner, trainer to the pros since 1999, friend of Bobby Max. Oh, that was nice. (laughs) And then we have unapologetic Jersey guy. So you, you actually remind me a lot of another Jersey friend of mine. He's an Italian. His name's Jay Ferrugia. (laughs) You two are two of like the original warehouse gym guys. Um, The tires, the chains, all all this stuff. You've been doing that for years. Uh, One thing I've always said is you don't get enough credit for being at the forefront of that movement. What's your thoughts on everybody using that stuff right now? Does it it make you happy? Does it it make you mad? Uh, Mixed. If I'm being completely honest, mixed. And it's funny because I talked to Jay about this and we have similar similar views on this because I was, like I had my first, before I even had my my, my, um, story closet gym I opened in 2003. But in 1998, when I was an intern at the Parisi Speed School back then, it was just um, a speed school. They didn't even, they, we didn't do any strength training. It was all speed and like agility for kids. It was a couple months after I started working there that I got, I bought my own sled and brought sled into the gym, bought a reverse hyper, uh, got tractor tires for, you know, flipping tires, ordered chains for the first time from like, uh, I don't even know if Elite FTS might have just started. I, I think I got them from Westside Barbell. Uh, so, you know, it's 1998, 1999, we're doing that type of training, which now is kind of new. Although I'd say now almost every gym has a strip of turf with sleds and prowlers and battle ropes and all that shit is like, you know, considered cool. And I was talking to Jay about this. I was like, I love that style of training. We've been doing it forever. We've gotten great results, but now that everyone is doing it, I almost find myself doing it less with clients and stuff. And I've had parents, like we still have some high school kids that train at at my gym now. And like the parents will, will come in and be, ask me like, 
oh, do you do anything with the with sleds or those big tires or do you have chains in your gym? And it's like, I'm not claiming I invented it, but it's like, yeah, 25 years ago, we were doing that long before the CrossFit boxes and the every other freaking gym that you see. So I'm again, listen, I didn't invent any of it. I would like to think guys like myself and Jay um, helped popularize it with with athletes and mainstream clientele. So that makes me happy because I truly do. I'm very passionate about this field. I, I truly do enjoy helping people. That's not just something I say. I get joy out of it, whether I get credit or not. I'm kind of past that. It's always nice when somebody, we all like to have our name mentioned like, oh, hey, Bobby Maximus, you know, gave me this advice and it worked. I really appreciate it. Like more people should give credit. I try my best if I, on my own podcast, if I, if, if I'm going to give advice that I got from someone else, I always try to pay it forward and give credit. I don't think it makes you look any worse. I think it makes you look smarter. If you're someone who has a network of people that are smarter than you, to me, that only makes you look better. It doesn't make you look worse. Too many people trying to take credit and ownership for everything. Just give freaking credit to people. You know, they appreciate it. It's no, doesn't make you look bad. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's nice when people kind of credit us a little bit for popularizing it, but if they don't, you know, I'm also, I'm not losing any sleep over it either. So I'm glad to see people training more like that though, because I do feel it's more uh, beneficial for most if done properly. So it's nice to see it, it hit the mainstream a little bit. It's funny to me because like when I was with Jim Jones and that's when I did my interview with you, um, people would ask me all the time about the warehouse thing. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Go ask DeFranco and Frugia. Everything's stolen from them. And they would, <laughs> they would look at me like their jaw would drop. And they're like, what? I'm like, well, go, I don't know. DeFranco, I copied a lot of shit from him. I copied a lot of shit from Frugia. Go ask those fucking guys. And it's funny how people react because it's such a, they don't expect you to say that. They want to think that everything you did, you invented on your own. And that's just not the case. What is with the water in New Jersey? Because there are three Italian born world-class trainers out of New Jersey. <laughs> um, we've got, we've got Jay Frugia, Joe DeFranco, and a guy named Michael Sorrentino. Um, do you know Michael? Uh, no, I, I, I feel like I know that name, but he, he goes, he goes by the nicknames, Big Daddy Sitch in the situation. Um, oh, oh my God. So you're talking about that? Oh, of course I know that one. I should have got that. I'm like, well, how do I know that name? You're, it's, it's the Sitch. Yes, he's, he's out here. <laughs> Joe and I, the bull and I want to have a, a, a play date, the Maximus gym with the situation, Joe DeFranco and Jay Perugia. <laughs> Can you can you make this happen? I, I probably could. I know I know exact. I know where we. Uh, I know exactly where he lives. Down, he's in the <laughs> down the down the Jersey Shore. He's got. I know the exact spot where he lives, and he's out of jail now. So I think he's getting back into shape. <laughs> My wife watches all that shit, so I uh, I catch some of it. I think he's back pump. He's he's a big arm guy, from what it looks like. <laughs> just, just training arms. He he should have come out of jail more fit. Jailhouse workouts are serious. You you know that better than anybody. I mean, <laughs> the, the body weight stuff, that's what works. Um, yeah. what's, what's next for you in your career? What do you, you got a certification, you train, you, you've trained some of the best athletes in the world. Uh, I want to say, Joe, you're, you're, you're not universally liked because you're an unapologetic Jersey guy. <laughs> you are, you're universally respected. I'll yeah, tell you that. You I, have, I, I, have never, that. I have never heard anyone uh, say anything about but glowing things about you in regards to 
training, um, which which I think is important to have the like respect to your peers. You're one of the guys. What what's next for you? You know, I don't know. I for me, I, I this is maybe make me look bad, but I know a lot of great. I, I certainly don't consider myself a great businessman because even this question, I know a lot of. If you're business minded, you have that three year plan, five year plan vision. I really do listen to our audience and all the great things we've done. The the things you mentioned, like the certification. Um, yes, I always in the back of my mind thought like I wish there was a better cert. But what why we ended up doing it was because so many coaches that would contact me now through social media. It's, we're all c- more connected, so it's easier to hear from people from all over the world after answering the question a, a million times of, hey, what certification should I get? And I'd have to write this big, long thing about, well, I know you might need to get one, but I've had them all and I can't really say, uh, you know, there's one that I would really recommend. Like I would give this whole long thing. And then finally I said, screw it. Like if we had our own, I could, I could, when all these people are asking me, I need to get certified. Which one do you recommend? I could just say, Hey, the best one that I I could stand behind because I know, cause I helped create the, the curriculum is this. That's how the cert came along. The DeFranco Insider membership came along through the same way. People wanted more access, asking questions. So we started doing these live Q and A's once a week and it became the DeFranco Insider. So for me, I almost, I just keep plugging away and doing the best I can with the things that I have going on, the cert, the insider, my personal training clients. And I kind of listen to what's out there and see what's next. Like if I keep getting the same question, like, Hey, whatever, do you have a workout for this? It might be a new ebook. It might be another, a a different, I don't really aspire to open up a a second gym, but I just never say never. I kind of listen in to seeing what people want. And then that will be the next step. Cause right now it's just, I have enough on my plate that (laughs) I got, I got a lot going on. So I'm just going to keep doing the best job I can with the, the different aspects of the business that I have right now. And if somebody asks for something else and there seems to be a demand for it, then I'll, I'll kind of pivot and, and focus on that. But for now, it's just focusing on the things that you mentioned that I have going on. Love it. Love it. Listen, Joe, um, I, I know Sabula has got some final words for you, but I, I just want to say uh, I've, I've been in the practice with this COVID thing of being emotional and, and, and forward. So I just, I just want to say, if I've never said it before, um, it's an absolute honor to be able to talk to you. You're a person I've looked up to for a very long time, uh, whether I've told you or not, um, you're a person that's gratefully influenced the trajectory of my career. And it's pretty incredible doing some reflecting that we're able to have you on our podcast. Um, there was probably a time in my life that I never even thought I'd have the opportunity to talk to you. So to have you come on the podcast, it, 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 it means the world to me. Um, and I know it means the world to Sabula. So um, thank you for that. And thank you for your time. Thank you, man, for sharing that. That, that truly does mean the world to me. That is, you know, hearing from a guy that I respect say, you know, say those type of things. Uh, yeah, that that's why I do what I do. And to hear it from a guy like you means the world. So thank you. Yeah, and I, I'll second everything that Bobby just said. And I want to uh, quote what one of our other podcast guests had said when we had uh, Kenny Santucci on recently. Oh, um, there's another <laughs> another great Jersey guy. <laughs> we had to bring him up. Uh, but he had said like his, his real goal in his career is to be respected by the people that he respects in the industry. Uh, and you're a guy that I, I would definitely put on that list. I mean, everybody that I know in the industry respects the hell out of you, has looked up to you, has learned something from you. And so I just want to say thank you for the work
work that you've done for the industry. Uh, for me personally, as a trainer, um, you're, you very much inspire me. And uh, uh, just like Bobby said, I'm just ecstatic that we're able to get you on the show and that we're able to connect. And, and I certainly hope this ain't the last time. Yeah, no, it, it definitely won't be. Thank you so much again. Appreciate those right. words more than more than you realize. So thank you. All right, Joe, one more thing. It's favorite time. Listen, let's let's, let's get down to the fucking brass tops. I fought the UFC. I'm I'm an unbelievably shredded 259 pounds. I can bench press 225 for as of two weeks ago, 42 reps. Um, I'm I'm handsome. I'm sexy. What the fuck do I got to do to get to get, to get Paul to call me? Becca, well, so here's what I, now that it, now you're you know this now that I've had this Zoom call and I have a chance to stare at you the last hour. You are sexier than I realized. So. <laughs> Here's the when, when life gets back to normal. I will say that, and I, I'm actually being dead serious. And I, I, I don't want to get out of line because you know I, I, um, <laughs> I, I only have, I don't have that much pull. But with Triple H did always say to me, with they now have these tryouts at the WWE Performance Center, and he said, anyone at your gym, anyone you know that has a unique look in shape, you know, a passion for wrestling, can't promise you know, a WWE contract, but if there's anyone you think is worthy of an invite to the tryout, by all means, let me know. And I have had three people from the gym that that have had tryouts. Two of them actually ended up getting signed with WWE with them right now. But so I will, I will give you that next WWE tryout. If you are serious, I will throw your name in the hat. Listen, listen, it's, it's my dream to be in the WWE. It it always has been, but I, I will tell you a story. Remember, I sent you that video of my little dude with sledgehammer. <laughs> so Joe knows this. He he's three and, and it's actually putting my marriage on the rocks because he watches wrestling and it causes problems. So just yesterday I caught him with a plastic hammer trying to hit baby. Oh like what, what, are you, what are you doing? He goes, I'd be just like triple H. I'm like, okay, you are done. You're finished. There's no more wrestling for you. You're not allowed to hit your brother. It, it's, it's, it's getting insane around here, Joe, the backyard wrestling stuff is not appropriate at all for kids. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, my my wife's the same thing last night. I was, you know, hitting her in the head with a hammer. She woke up and said, what the hell are you doing? You know, so it's, uh, we're all we're all going crazy. You know, it, it, we're all going stir crazy. We're, bo- we're about to kill each other in the, the Franco household as well. So if that makes your little guy feel any better, but I, I agree, he might might be best for him to put the hammer down for now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's tried to, do you know, how, how much of a wrestling fan are you? I was big. I, I follow it now be, because I'm kind of involved. But I was like 80. I'm I'm like Hulk Hogan. Like I was huge in in the 80s, and then I got away from it. Okay, so so I'm gonna scrap the the, the last question I was gonna ask you. Interrupt this. You train Triple H. That's that's pretty fuck cool. Not gonna lie. Who shows up at your door from the WWE universe that shakes you up? Like if you open your door and Hulk Hogan's standing there and he's like, hey brother, can I get a workout? Do you cry? Do you dance? Do you, like, who's who's the one that shows up at your door that, that just causes you to melt down? Yes, that would be as a, as a, a seven-year-old young Joe D. Like, I was a huge Hulkamaniac, so that would be like childhood nostalgia. It, it would have to be Hulk Hogan. Although I, I do, 
like Steve Austin is a guy that I never, I haven't had a chance to meet. He's been backstage a couple of times, busy. I never had a chance to introduce myself to. While I was in college and I wasn't a huge like fan at that time, like everyone else, I was still watching and I loved his stuff, but I was just older where Hulk Hogan's got like the, the nostalgia of being a young kid and looking up to him like a real life superhero. So the it, it would have to be the Hulkster for me. Oh, I'll say this. Triple H has become a close friend of mine now. He, not that I'm freaking anyone special or cool or, you know, but I've trained a lot of pro athletes and, and so-called celebrities. The first time I went to his house and he answered the door, he is the first person that I, I felt a little like, I don't want to say starstruck, but like he's got such a distinct look and like, and he's a big dude. And he's like, he just answered the door and I was like, oh shit, like I better not piss this guy off. Like he just got a different vibe about him. That's, you know, it's, it's like, even if you weren't a wrestling fan, if you see this dude in the supermarket, you're looking at him like, who the fuck is that? That's gotta be somebody, you know? Uh, so he has that, but I've become used to it because we're friends. But um, Hulk Hogan would have that, that same, same feeling with me. Yeah. Good. I love it. Joe and I talk about Sabula and I made our Mount Rushmore of training <laughs> and we want to be in a room with Mr. T, Sly Stallone, Arnold and Hulk Hogan. I think that would be the, the, the best workout of all time, Joe. Oh my God. That's, I actually did uh, on my podcast. I did that. And that was, I'm trying to, I did, I might have, no, that was it for me. It, it's Arnold, Sylvester Stallone and Hulk Hogan are my, my top three. As far as like working out and say, I, I would love Mr. T too. I, I left him out, but um, that's it. Yeah. We, we share the same list. That's crazy. I'll tell you, I drink a gallon of milk a day. Cause Mr. T told me to. <laughs> Fart in your brains what? out. But, but hey, Mr. T told me to. What were you saying? What were you saying to him about Sabula not long ago about how he would just eat a whole chicken every morning? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, wake up, eat a chicken and there you go. That was his whole meal. That's like all he ate was whole chickens, whole chickens and a gallon of milk. I never said that was Mr. T's diet. Yeah. Oh, hilarious. Oh my God. You know, but, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, Joe, that, that workout at midnight thing you said about Triple H, like, should I be working out at midnight? I'm, I'm going to start eating a whole chicken and a gallon of milk. <laughs> because I'm, I'm thinking it works. Yeah. Listen, the, the don't emulate the midnight workout thing, but Mr. T with the chicken and gallon of milk that, you know, <laughs> listen, that that's a different story. Yeah. That's how bad good. do you want it? Time to get jacked. <laughs> That's exactly it. All right, Joe. It's been a pleasure, my man. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Bobby, I got to get you. I'll, I'll, um, we got to schedule you back for round two on mine. Dude, listen, with this COVID thing, anytime, I, I got a lot of time on my hands. I'm, uh, um, yeah, I got, I got, I got all day, every day. I, I, my day involves, uh, I'm actually learning today the swole cat dance from Fortnite. It's a giant jacked cat does this, 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 I don't know if you can see me on the video, but he does this dance with these flexes. And I'm like, oh man, I got to learn this for my TikTok. So rescue me with the podcast because I'm (laughs) just on a time wasting hole over here. Well, yeah, listen, I don't want to, certainly don't want to take away from the swole cat dance, but I will, (laughs) I will give you a call and we'll get the uh, industrial strength show round two going. For sure, my man. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Because you're the last of a dying breed.